All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I'm a Rescue podcast. We are actually doing this podcast in Reno, Nevada. We have a beautiful view here of Circus Circus. Yes. <laughs> and I'm here with Dennis Blair. Uh, Dennis is uh, the headliner this week here in Reno at the Silver Legacy. We're both at the Laugh Factory. And uh, Dennis is uh, has an amazing career and... Uh, how are you, Dennis? I'm okay. Not bad. <laughs> I just can't stop looking at Circus Circus. I'm sorry. I'm just enthralled. It's, how does that place stay in business? I have no idea. <laughs> kids. Because there's so many kids in Reno, as you know. Right. No idea. <laughs> it's such a creepy place creepy to take place. your kids. Circus Circus in Reno. Just to see the ads. Anyway. I, I love that they used it in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, did they? they? Yeah, yeah. They let them use this the actual, one, that, not this the one. Vegas one, I think. Oh, okay. And I can't believe that one's still open with all the other. Well, the amusement park in Vegas—that's a big. I think it's a big factor. Oh, really? Because I took my kids there for years. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a great time there. <laughs> you never stayed there, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, Dennis. It was funny. Dennis and I uh, land took the same plane. Uh, we flew in from Vegas. I, I flew in from LA to Vegas, and then we uh, we saw each other and got on the shuttle. And then we uh, we found out that uh, we're both we both lived in Agora. Mm -hmm. different, I live there now, and Dennis lived there. How long ago did you live we there? We left six years ago. Six been, years ago. We've been living in Vegas six years. So yeah, it was okay. Very not great place to bring up kids. Really quiet, but. It got too quiet for us. <laughs> okay, what are we doing now? We're like, watching what? We're watching what on TV? It's a little too quiet. Like a little danger yeah, in your yeah. life. Beautiful place, though. Great, great place. I, I miss it sometimes, but uh, yeah, I'm in Vegas now. Did you really not like the quiet? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, we're living in Vegas in a quiet suburb. It's just that there was, it was too. I mean, there was nothing to do. It was like there was the yeah. movie theater and Trader Joe's, and that was about it for us. You know, I, um, yeah, it just, it just got a little. We just had to get out because I wasn't ready to retire yet, you know. So okay. There was, there was no work, you know. So, and Vegas, we've been going back and forth for years. So we just figured, hey, well, our friends are there. We might as well just go. See yeah. What happens. So That's with it. Vegas, you like it because you can go do a gig yeah. locally and then go home. Yeah, locally, and there's a lot of fallout work. You know, they'll call you up. Hey, can you do this? Can you, can you fill in for me here? Can you do this? So that that works out great. And then, like, all of the people that we know, I mean, all our friends for years are in Vegas, like Clint Holmes. So oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like an old friend, and he lives there, and tons of our friends, and I, I get to, you know, I have, like, an ongoing music gig there, so it's great. It oh, that's cool. Really well. Where at? At the Tuscany. Okay. Tuscany Hotel. It's off on Flamingo. All right. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So so you kind of missed the fact that like you'd be in Agora and you'd just be like, why well, wait till the next gig? Right. And then all that other time is downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And you just couldn't. Yeah. It was, it was time to make the move. Really? Yeah. It really worked out well for us. Yeah. So far. Yeah. A lot of, com Brian Regan's in yeah. Vegas. Just uh, saw him like about two weeks ago. Finally. Oh, really? He lives, he lived in Vegas forever. I go, how come I never run into Brian? I run into <laughs> everybody else. And right. finally I ran into him. He, he came to the comedy cellar. I was doing, uh, fallout oh really <laughs> for, for three days there and and dennis was his brother was one oh, of the yeah. comics and he oh, said hey great. brian's coming over and of course we all went over to the laugh factory for karaoke which they have like <laughs> once a month or something but it's great to see him i hadn't seen him since like 1982 or something like that. oh my gosh so, yeah so wow. it's great to just reconnect yeah brian regan if you don't know he's uh one of the best comics out Absolutely. there right now yeah. and uh i mean forever he's been one of the best and people are just figuring that out yeah now. it's like who you, yeah. you gotta gotta check out brian Regan. who's that oh come on right <laughs> get with it and his brother's even uh brother's great dennis brother's is great, great really funny. Yeah. yeah 
I've never seen Dennis, but I, really we funny. always mm-hmm. like passing ships. We're yeah. always two uh, two different personalities. Really, it's pretty. It's pretty funny right. the way you know. Dennis is more. Would you say cynical? Maybe you know. Right, right. You know, he's just one of those guys. You know, it's just kind of cool. And then Brian's like, "Hey, I'm a puppy." You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a happy yeah. puppy. You know, he's so silly, so funny. Um, so yeah, so I think the other the well, it's funny. De- then Dennis and I were supposed to work together about two weeks ago in uh, uh, Indian. Pa- that's so Indian amazing. Hills or Indian whatever. Did, did palm Palm Desert, Indio? Palm Desert, Indio, yeah. right? Yeah, Palm Desert, Indio area. Right. We were. De- uh, we're supposed to work this uh, supper club. I don't know. It's, it's like a, a restaurant, basically. Yeah, restaurant. And in, and so, but they ended up uh, moving us. They they so they separated us. Right. <laughs> and they had me come in on Wednesday, and then Dennis came in on Thursday. I did the Wednesday show. It was you know when you start out in comedy, you have these gigs that right. are just like gut yeah. checks. And this was like back to that, right? Because never nobody was listening. <laughs> People are getting their dinner. Literally, I had a couple with their back to me, like a table of four, and they were just chatting. and And I was like, "Well, I'm not going to tell you to shut up because yeah. it's not your fault." They started a comedy show in the middle of your dinner, but it was still like, and the owners sitting in back, <laughs> like, "Are we really gonna? We're really doing, doing this?" The, I know yeah. it's crazy. And um. I, I think you know they wanted whatever forty minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> twenty the line. yeah, <laughs> of something. Um, but I, but you had people. You had people there. I, I had, had like people nobody. There. Yeah. I had like two tables. One table didn't speak English. That was great. <laughs> and then like two people in the booth, and they couldn't even see me. So I'm going, what? Should, what should I do? Should right. I do? I just wound up singing songs, and I yeah. got a tip. The guy gave me a five dollar tip as he was leaving. <laughs> the guy who could, didn't speak English. Right, they were very nice people, but there was no reason for us to be there. Right, it, it, <laughs> you feel a little pathetic. Like, really, didn't weird. I work beyond this? Right, it's so the funny that we both did that. Yeah. So, um, and then Dennis. Previous to that, we worked New Year's Eve. I think we worked at a. Uh, did we work? Was it? Was it? I think it was supposed to be. Was it at Marie Callender's? I think it was Marie Callender's. Oh, the one, uh, the Randy Lubis thing? Right, right. Oh, did we do that together? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I knew I knew, I knew you, but I forgot where. I'd forgotten that we right. worked together there. Yeah, it's probably five so good years to ago. Yes. <laughs> I know how you forget yeah, people. Like not at, I kept calling it Applebee's. It was a Marie Calendar, right? Right, right near. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the Magic Mountain. TV, Magic Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It was uh, that. Finally, uh, I heard Murray Calendars was going out of business. Yeah, that's what I heard. Pies. Don't blame us. Yeah, we had well, nothing to do with it. Um, but I, yeah, that gig was always fun. So yeah, so so we have a history. Yes, that's great. I do, and we not a bitter history. Yes. We, um not yet. <laughs> not yet. We still have th- three more nights here. Four more nights. Uh, Thursday to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Yes, four more nights. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this week we're at the Laugh Factory. And uh, so um, I sort of, like, Dennis has had an amazing career, but I sort of want to start in the beginning. What? Uh, where did you start out? Were you, where, where, where were you born? Well, New York. Okay. Well, no, sorry. But, well, born in the Bronx, yeah. And then yeah, okay. moved to, lived in Queens most of my bringing up years. Okay. So my first foray into comedy was in Long Island, Roslyn, Long Island. Okay, and I was just a singer. I wasn't even I had no th- thoughts about doing comedy at all. I mean, I was kind of funny with my friends, right? Uh, but you know, I never thought I was going to do that as a profession. I was just up there singing at a at a bar and just uh, singing solo, no just guitar. Singing solo. Oh no, with a guitar. Yeah. Okay, and you know, you do those gigs and no one's listening to you. Right, it <laughs> seems to be the common thing here. No one's ever listening years to later, us. Yeah. Yes, and I got pissed off because I was you know, listen to me. I'm a singer. I'm a writer. I'm singing songs and pouring my heart out. So during a break, I just went up and I just started doing a par. I wrote a parody for 
the BG's staying alive. Oh my gosh! Yeah, That's I, did I you do it last night? I did it. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did it last night. Oh. I, I throw it in there all the time because That's it's like it's like means something to me. Um, <laughs> it's a great bit, and um, and I just did it. And I did two James Taylor songs or something when I came back, and then I just threw that in, and people started like, "What? That's not the words. He's, <laughs> he's got the words wrong." And then they listened and they started laughing. I'm going, "Oh, I'm getting their attention." So that's right. how that started. What year was that? Nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and from then on, comedy. Or? Well, I would. Say I, I it started there, and then like I just started doing more parodies, and then like people would yell out requests, and I'd start doing requests mm-hmm. funny how my act hasn't changed um <laughs> um and uh that i got like and then put some patter in the middle of it and then like i got like 20 minutes out of that and then i went into uh we moved into manhattan at that point and i was four blocks from Dangerfields, and i went to the uh, okay i went to the open mic there wow and it was a sunday and they got me on at one in the morning mm-hmm. and the audience was I don't know. I don't, the, I don't know if the acts were just all terrible or they're just tired, but they put me on it for some reason. I got them like at one o'clock in the morning, and they said, "Hey, you want to open for Jackie Mason next week?" Oh my god! So I'm like doing this stupid, you know, <laughs> musical parody comedy act for like what two months, and I'm uh-huh. like opening for Jackie Mason. So wow. you couldn't write this stuff, right? You know? Right. And then Rodney came in and saw me. Wow. While I'm uh, working uh, with Jackie. Oh, yeah. right away. Right. Like that week. Yeah. Wow. And I came off, and I was doing well. And he said, "They like to like what you do. What do you do?" <laughs> I said, I, "I do song parodies and stuff." And he says, "Oh, I'm going to watch you." And he watched me. So then, he, I, then I opened for him the following week. Wow! So it was like a fantasy. Yeah, the way yeah. That all came together. Jeez, and that's yeah. and the, what year is that? Eighty or is that? Still yeah, nineteen. Still, still like the end of seventy nine. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And yeah, it, this is my fortieth year doing this. Crazy wow. stuff. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and here we are. Sure. We're still doing restaurants where nobody. Right, right. Every once in a while, those things come back and humble you. Right. Like, oh, yeah, okay. No, nothing ever changes. But I think all comedians talk about that of like doing corporate gigs right. where you do, you know, some rich person hires them to yeah. do some party and nobody's listening no to one's them listening they have getting, no idea how to set up a comedy show right and yeah. they're getting like fifty thousand dollars right it's just like <laughs> they don't you know yeah sometimes it's not about the art that's true that's true <laughs> but it's fun it's it's funny to do those things every once in a while because it just you have a great story you know right like, exactly oh, nobody guy guy couldn't didn't speak english he gave me a five dollar tip and i don't know why <laughs> i mean you know you can't get that all the time right and I, I had a guy at that show he had like like classic redneck mullet like like he was going for the like perm mullet right and uh he said he should have done some trump jokes i was like yeah that would have (laughs) helped that really would have brought the crowd together (laughs) yes we all yes that that, that's what all comics should do right yeah especially ones that are not known yes Yes. at a restaurant where everyone already hates you yes alienate (laughs) half the audience that's a great idea uh yeah uh, but yeah, that was brutal. But um, so you started opening for for Rodney and for Jackie Mason, and I remember I, I met Jackie Mason once in Chicago, and uh, you know, I was like, I was I'm a big Steve Martin fan, mm-hmm. so right. uh, he was just sitting in back. He's like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I'm like, oh, I'm like or he says like, "Very good" or something. Yeah. And I, he's like, "Who's your favorite comedian?" I was like, "Oh, Steve Martin." He goes, "Oh, you like Wacky." <laughs> You like wacky. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, because, you know, he was in The Jerk. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is, but he's a, I have a, I have a, my mother-in-law's friend dated him. 
Dating Jackie? In, yeah, back in the day wow. in Vegas. and Yeah, he was quite the horn dog. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. And she uh, she went up to his room, and then that was... Uh, yeah, things, she didn't... Things she, she said nothing happened. I okay. Don't, I don't know. Uh, right. But I don't blame her for yeah, it. Jackie was in there. Jackie, uh, but it's still one of the funniest people I've ever yeah, seen yeah. perform. You know, I mean, it was great. And uh, I remember I came off stage that night, the first time I opened for him, he said, uh, you're very funny for a Gentile. <laughs> So you know, it's one of those things you carry to the grave with you, right? You right. Know? Yeah, that's like you put it on your. Resume. I still see him. I, I saw him. We went to New York every time I go uh, take uh, visit New York, uh, like once a year or once every two years. I make it a point to have lunch with Jackie. Oh, really? Yeah, we had lunch with him and his manager, and he's you know he doesn't work much anymore, like two or three times a year, big corporate dates. Right. Know? But he's still out there every once in a while, and is still he, as sharp as ever. Is he ninety? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. ninety. Yep. Something. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing, and he. His his story didn't he get accused of flipping off Ed Sullivan? That's the big thing that supposedly destroyed his career. Right. I mean, supposedly he gave the finger, but he didn't give the finger. He, somebody told him you have two seconds. You have like ten seconds, uh-huh. and he kept counting down with his fingers. I got three seconds. I got two, and then he said, "I got one second, and that was the finger. Oh. Apparently, that he shouldn't have used for one. Right. Right. And uh, he he always claimed that he didn't do that. He didn't flip anybody off, but he was done and. His, wow. his career was just a big tailspin. And, and the thing that brought him back was doing his one-man shows on Broadway. Really? But okay. for a while. I mean, he would do, even when I was working for him that first week at Dangerfields, maybe there'd be 60 people in the audience. Uh-huh. And this is a guy who was a huge star, you know. Right. So, it's weird. I remember working with Louis Black um, before, well, it was right when he started The Daily Show, but before he was really mm-hmm. big and working 30 people right. in a, you know, a yeah. comedy club in Milwaukee. And nobody know you know. Nobody. And 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 just <laughs> somebody shouted out one of it, uh, like a uh, shouted out during his set, and he just lost it. And he's right. just pacing through the audience. Really, it's like, really, yeah. Lewis. He seems like such a calm, yeah, un- an angry person. <laughs> no, well, Rodney, even Rodney, when I was working with him, he would have some nights with us, fifty people in the audience, and he was kind of a well-known, right, pretty right. well-known guy then. But then. In in the midst of me working for him those first couple of months, he did Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. And that made him a gigantic star, and he had a good—he couldn't do his club anymore, right? Because there would be lines; people couldn't get in. Right, and you started writing for Rodney. Well, or? I came up with the idea for Easy Money. Easy Money. Because um, he, he said, you know, we got we got close, and he he, he you know he took me under his wing mm-hmm. and said, hey, Caddyshack, man, they want they want to do a movie with starring me. So if you come up with an idea for a movie, let me know. I'm doing comedy for three months; like I'm not going to come up with an idea for a movie. Right. I run home, I'm like thinking, 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 and I just thought about him and how he has he struggled with alcohol and drugs, and so mm-hmm. I said, how about how about you're a guy, you play a guy who has to give up all that for a year to get ten million dollars, and he liked it. Oh wow! Yes, and then he had two writers uh, work on it, and he didn't like what they did, so he said, "Get Dennis on the movie." So, so that's yeah. So, I'm, I'm so you Easy Money with Rodney and two other guys, wow. PJ O'Rourke and Michael Endler. Oh my gosh! PJ. Yeah, this is all like I couldn't believe any of this was happening now, even now <laughs> at the time. It's <laughs> right. like this is something I wasn't even you know you you hear about all these comics who did they've always only wanted to do stand up and that's all they ever wanted to right. do. I wanted to be a singer songwriter and sell songs and mm-hmm. go that route. So this was just an accident, you know. <laughs> so this all of this is gravy, you know. Right. <laughs> it's weird. What did you when you wrote Easy Money? So did you know structure of a screenplay? I got and... me. I got myself a book. <laughs> <laughs> I right. myself a book on how to write. But you know what? It was it was like so crazy that it almost didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's like because those guys came up with the skeleton. And here's the here's the funny story. Rodney calls me up and says, "I want you to read the first draft of this script. It's it's it sucks." 
I'm going, <laughs> okay. So he sends me over the script, and it's like a first draft. And I'm going, I call him up. I go, yeah, it's, it's not there yet, Rodney. It needs work. And he goes, that's what I thought. It sucks. <laughs> One of the writers of, of that thing was, was his manager's husband. Oh, okay. And PJ O'Rourke. So unbeknownst to me, Rodney calls up his manager and says, yeah, Dennis agrees with me that the script sucks. <laughs> So they, they, he says, get a, he, t- he tells the manager to get me on the, as, as one of the writers. We sit around his table one day. The two writers are not talking to me. They're not looking at me. They're, they obviously are pissed. Right. And I didn't know that Rodney had told them that I thought their script had sucked, <laughs> which I hadn't. Right. So for two weeks, I'm like, going, why do these guys hate me? You know, finally it came out. I went, no, I never said it sucked. I said it was, you know, it made it the first draft, and then they were fine. But it was right. like, Jesus. <laughs> was this P.J. O'Rourke, P.J. The O'Rourke. Rolling Stone writer? Yeah, the Rolling Stone writer. Wow. Yeah, he was one of the writers on it. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, wow, that's, uh, is that, was that one of his first things, too? Or? I don't know. I don't, I think that was maybe his first and only movie. Cause, really? I mean, yeah, movie, I mean, his thing isn't really film. It's he was politics. Essays. Yeah. yeah, right, essays, yeah. Wow, so, um, so you wrote it. What year did, uh, how long did it take to get, through the whole process, two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. Because Rodney was Rodney was the kind of guy who didn't understand humor unless it was a joke, joke like a one liner. Right. So we would come up with these, you know, these these scenes, and they wouldn't necessarily all have jokes. It would be funny because of the situation. Right. And he'd go, oh, "It's not funny. Where's the humor?" I'd go, "Well, it's, it's where's the jokes?" He'd go, "It's not all jokes, Rodney." Right. So it was a tough. Hall just convincing him that, that every line didn't have to be like one of his, you know, <laughs> hey, no respect at all. You know? <laughs> so, right. You can go away from that a little bit. Right. I heard that on Caddyshack because that was his first acting gig yeah. and, he, and he really didn't know how to act. And right. you're just like, this guy's terrible. Well, but- Joe Pesci, who was in Easy Money, who was a big Rodney fan uh-huh. when we started <laughs> and had some scenes with Rodney. Uh-huh. And he wanted, to, he wanted to hang out with Rodney in character. He said, hey, let's hang out a couple places in our characters and we'll get into our characters. And Rodney goes, I don't do that. Here's what I do. You throw a line at me, I throw a line at you. That's what I do. And Joe went, oh, shit, can I get out of my contract? Wow. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the scenes with him. And if, if, if Joe got a laugh with an ad lib, Rod, Rodney would take it. I mean, it was really funny. Oh, just my. the stuff that happened on that movie. <laughs> So by the end, Joe would come look at us and he'd go into his trailer and he'd say, he can't act, he can't act. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't matter to Rodney. You know, people come to see him anyway. Right, he's, he's a character. Right. And were you, so I know like a lot of times on movies you write it and then they're like, get out of here, you're done. Like, no, we were on set. You got to be yeah. on set. Because if, if there were changes, we'd be there making changes and we had changes almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like did Rodney write a lot? Like, oh yeah, he would. I mean, all the joke, a lot of the joke jokes were his, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all kind of tried to follow his lead and, and and you know make it make him happy, you know. Right. So it was a lot of politics going on, that sort of thing. But you know, it was pretty much an experience, you know. I mean, damn, you're doing a movie that's going to be made. That's kind of cool, right? That was nice. And it came out uh, like eighty one, eighty two. I forget eighty. 82 or 83 something like that yeah yeah and uh how was i forgot how it was because this was, so this would be how many movies in is he is he had just well he did a movie called the projectionist when okay. he was not big and it, actually i saw it it wasn't bad it was pretty good mm-hmm. uh he was more understated in that movie so he was acting better but now he was like rodney you know for easy money he's like all over the place you right know, right the gestures and i don't think the movie was really well received critically mm-hmm but, but it was now, a wide release. It yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. But now, I mean, people come up to me and they're saying, that's, like, that's my favorite movie growing up. You right. Know? It's doing better now. It's like a cult classic. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's yeah. like weird how that, you know, when it came out, it was okay. I think Back to School was the one that everyone loved. Right. 
that's the one that right. pushed but, him over the top. Yeah, people are starting to like Easy Money. You got you had a little role in it, right? Yeah, I played uh, I played two things. I, pl- I I was in the fashion the the fashion the regular guy fashion show scene. Okay, and also I was the wheezing guy in the hospital bed. I had to, <laughs> apparently it did, didn't matter that people would go, "Hey, wasn't that the guy?" Who was <laughs> apparently it didn't matter to people. <laughs> Just yeah, put him in two scenes. What does it, right. does it matter? No one's going to see this movie anyway. Right. So there you go. Was um, was Rodney as neurotic uh, off stage as as he was on stage? Or I mean, was he was he ever just calm and just like oh, this is fun? Or was he always kind of occasionally? Like, he was very unhappy. He was yeah. the typical cliche unhappy comic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he even when he was really successful, it was all you know. We'd ride in. He would he would rent these rock star tour buses to get to gigs. Right. So it'd be just him, me, and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Okay. And you know we'd we'd make stops at gas stations that people are going, oh, what rock band is on there? It must be the <laughs> Eagles or something. And this old Jew would walk off. And say, Where's the bathroom? You know. Right. <laughs> so so but even with then we'd be on these rides and you go, what's it all mean, man? It doesn't mean anything, you know. So right. what? I know all these famous people. It does, it's like every day. It was like. Wow. Tales of woes. Like, Rodney, take it easy. Just enjoy your success. Yeah. And every once in a while he'd go, yeah, I guess it's pretty good what's happening to me, but very rarely. Really? Yeah. Well, was that hard on you? To en- Did that make it hard for you to enjoy it? If or? I was with him another year, I would have killed myself. <laughs> it was it was really heavy really? sometimes. Like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. I had to get away from this. Did that, I feel like, I feel like when you when you meet celebrities and when you meet, you realize like, oh, this isn't as great as right. you think it is, right? And and did that, what did that make you do as far as your own career? Um, did that change the course, or did that make you want to do something? Or oh well, for some reason, I was always really comfortable in that second banana role. Like I, you know, okay. I mean, I, I was, I was, I had a really good agent that I got through. I mean, Rodney was great. Don't get me wrong. He, right. he helped. He started me. I, the reason I'm doing this is because of him. But I had this really great agent because uh, through him, and he would get me opening act work like all the time. Okay, and I'd be good even for comics because I do music, so you know I, it would be nothing like what they were going to do. You know, I'd open for Alan King and and uh, Joan Rivers and Carlin. You know, and it, it 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 was great because I would get the audience up, but it wasn't anything that would conflict with what they do. Right. So I was always. I mean, you know, the the whole thing about I want to be a sitcom star or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that would have been nice, but I don't think I would have been comfortable <laughs> being really big, right. you know, if that were ever to happen to someone like me, which it wouldn't anyway, because us musical comics, that never happens to us, except the Smothers Brothers. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I just went, yeah, I like this. I like this opening act. You do 30 minutes and you're done. Right. You know, and you're right. back to the hotel and you're done. You get all the same accommodation, yeah. all the same yeah, yeah bonuses. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about filling seats or selling tickets or anything like that. You're just the guy in the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, I'm the guy in the way. You Did you ever do musical acts or, or they didn't want a yeah, musical? Yeah, plenty. Like oh, Toto, uh, Righteous Brothers. Or as a matter of fact, uh, they're coming tonight here. Oh, yeah. To say hi to them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, lots of people. I mean, Gloria Estefan, Miami Sound Machine, I did a month with them. Tom Jones, I did a year with Tom Jones. Oh, okay. How was that? Uh, you know, it, uh, he was like, you don't talk to Tom. It's not like he was nasty, but he's like royalty. So I was, I hung with the band. Okay. You know, I'd go on the bus with the band. Tom would take his Learjet to his gig, and I'd be on the bus with the band, and that would be fine. But he'd like say hi, you know, right. that kind of deal. Uh, yeah, but it was, but his fans were crazed. 
Yeah. It's like being a, that's the one thing about being an opening act. I don't know how much of that you've done. But if, done a little bit, but not for uh, bands, mostly yeah. other comics. Other comics. Yeah. Okay. But that's but, kind of expected now with other, like, like big comics. Right. Like they have an opener. Yeah. Yeah, I, with bands, it's like, you know, they just don't want this opening act. Oh, crap. You know, yeah. you have to sit through this guy. So you have to be funny as fast as you can. You right. Know? But that was that. Some And sometimes, most of the times it was fine. Sometimes it was like you never get them. You mm-hmm. know? So just, it's weird. It's, it's good and bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just opened for Jim Gaffigan last oh, year at, nice. at the Milwaukee Arena, the new Pfizer Forum. So that right. was 15,000 people. Wow. Uh, which was insane. It was fun. It was, yeah. you know, I mean, it was... Uh, you know they're waiting for comedy, and I'm sort right. of in that vein. Fifteen thousand people. Yeah, and it, and it's like well, I don't understand why you'd want to watch a, like being up in like the, yeah, third, the third deck, third, and you're right. like, what what do you get out of this? Do they have video? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then they have video, and you go, well, why not just wait for the special? You know, if right. you're gonna watch video. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and you got these giant score. I mean, for me, it was you know just yeah. the the. <laughs> for the Instagram, it looks great. Absolutely. <laughs> did you did you know him beforehand? I did. His wife's uh, brother took over my job when I left my day job. His his brother-in-law took over my job. So oh, okay. I met him out there, and we're both you know Catholic. We're both. Right. I think we have the same. We have the same birthday, and wow. um, so yeah, he was. I just reached out to him. I wanted to do it for my dad. My dad's uh, ninety-three, right? And uh, he had mentioned he's like, oh, maybe you can open for him at the new arena. And he never gives me any advice or any direction <laughs> on my career. I was like. All right, I'm going to reach out to Jim and see. And then, so I brought my dad with me, and you know, he got to. So you reached out to Jim, and he just he said, well, "Yeah, come on, I'll go open." Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, it was well, I reached out to him like in November of that previous year, and then okay. Didn't hear two it weeks before I hear from him, he's wow. like, "Can you come out?" And I was like, "Yeah, like nice, that was great." So, um, yeah, it was really cool to for my dad i've done all these things for my dad where i've done i've had him throw out the first pitch at a brewer's game really uh, that's great just, <laughs> and he doesn't you know he's like i don't need to do this <laughs> perfect like, right. perfect show business parent right, and, uh, right just do what you do and leave me alone right. yeah I don't, he doesn't want the spotlight he's like the opposite gotcha. of me but um so let's see so you're uh so yeah so the big thing was the longest thing was Carlin, right? Opening for the longest Jordan. was Carlin. Yeah, I went from Roddy to Joan Rivers for two years. Two years, with which was great because she always used two opening acts for some reason in those days. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that I always worked with was Gary Shandling. Oh wow! So you know, first time the first uh, gig I worked with Joan, Gary comes in with Joan, and mm-hmm. and you know, luckily it went well enough, and uh, it went on from there for two for two years. Sometimes she'd use Father Guido Sarducci. Oh my gosh, SNL. that's awesome! Yeah, it was great. And then like <laughs> Linda Hopkins, sometimes sometimes she'd use a singer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We Gary and I could never figure out why she felt she needed two guys doing. 25 minutes each before she came out right, right but she was great she gave us equal billing there was none of that smaller lettering any of the places she just says hey you're doing a show you know <laughs> i'm gonna give everybody equal but we all names the same size as wow. joan she was she was good yeah was yeah funny. i've had I had a friend of mine open for uh in the last couple of years uh of her life where and yeah, he said the same thing. She was just super yeah. nice, and she would yell at the crowd if they right. weren't nice to the opening right. act. She'd right. be like on the off stage, like a like, mom. Yeah, she'd be like, yeah. "Shut up!" You know? <laughs> the last time I worked with her was at San Jose. Uh, we went, I went with my wife, and um, and she knew us all. And before the show, she says, "We're gonna go get shoes." There was a payless like two blocks away. We walked. 
She's in like a gown. We walked to the Payless, and people are honking. Joan, we're coming to the show. Good, I hope you enjoy it. We go to the Payless. She buys some shoes for my wife. She gets a pair for herself. She walks back to the theater, does the show. Wow. It was, yeah, she was like totally unpretentious. You know? Right. And and loved what, a, a total departure from Rodney, who was like down all the time. She was up all the time. She loved yeah, she the audiences. Yeah. She loved. Very yeah. involved in her career. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is. Um, and she, um, what, what, what was it like with you and Gary? Did you guys hang out together? Yeah, or? we hung out. As a matter of fact, he helped me with my first Tonight Show. He helped me put that together. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, was, he was a great guy. Uh, and he was ex- as neurotic as his character were on TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we literally t- uh, were coming back to our hotel and his door was ajar. Mm-hmm. And he was on the phone with his manager saying, I don't know if I can get hair gel tonight. I don't think I'll... <laughs> I don't think there's a drugstore open that we can get hair gel in. Maybe tomorrow, but I'd like to have it for tonight. I think I'm going to go. So he's like, he's talking about his hair. <laughs> right. He's talking about his hair, and that's all what he did on TV. So, right. Yeah. But extremely funny. Yeah. Extremely funny guy. When when did you do the Tonight Show? Uh, 84 and 85. Okay, so twice. Yeah. For Carson? For, well, it's for Joan was the host. Joan was the host. Okay. And I was about to do it for Johnny, uh-huh. and then they had their falling out. Oh, yeah. So I was now a Joan act and forget about it. Ah, jeez. That's all right. It's okay. But I got to do it and it was, I don't, I remember leaving the first, doing the spot the first night, the first time I did it, driving home, didn't remember how I got home because I was just in the state. Like, I can't believe I just did this. Right. So, you know, it was really cool. And was, was, uh, did you do guitar stuff or? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's tough with the stuff I do because it's kind of, well, I had to do non-parody really because they're uptight about giving song rights, you know, getting the rights for the song. Right. Which is the problem with guys like me in television. Uh, Usually you try to keep it short. Mm -hmm. So I did like my non, my public domain songs. Okay. On on both those shows. Oh, the Michael Rowe, the Boda show. That kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, um, yeah. So that worked out well. That's good. Because it's very rare to, I mean, I don't know back in the 80s how it was with guitar acts but right. like maybe gary mule deer and- gary mule deer tom sharp was the only other guy i think that was on before me okay very rare that they would be you know and the smothers brothers of course but they i guess that's old folk songs you know right so that they do yeah it's tough with guys like like me but that's okay yeah but yeah. still two tonight shows yeah I and mean, that's can't complain uh, and that's right. that's like the holy grail back then yeah. right yeah it was nice and did that but did you would you go out on the road on your own? Uh, yeah, still that? did some clubs here and there. Okay. But uh, but with those guys, you know, it's like there wasn't much time because Joan was working all the time. Rodney was working all the time. Carlin was working all the time. Yeah. So occasionally when we'd have like two weeks off or something, I would get could do an improv or right. one of those places. Was that hard that your career sort of relied on? I mean, I guess since they're working all the time, it didn't. there's not that hiatus of like, well, I'm doing a TV show for 13 weeks, so you're right. on your own. Right. So you never had to face that. Dilemma. Well, when George did his sitcom, I had to face that dilemma. Although they made me the warm up for the sitcom, which is, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's a job from hell. <laughs> oh, God, I hated that. Yeah, I, what I've noticed is now it's just, who wants to come up here and dance? <laughs> it's a lot of it. Yeah. You're basically a quiz master. Oh, right. it's time for trivia contests. Yeah. You can't, yeah, yeah you, you're four hours. You know, yeah. you, you can't just do your act. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then if the audience hates you, you're stuck there for four hours. Yeah. And that's happened a few times. Adam Carolla had a bit about going to traffic school. He's like, you ever wonder what it's like to bomb for 13 straight hours? <laughs> Teach, do comedy at traffic school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's hell. Yeah. 
and especially like like I, I went to a Seinfeld taping and it was pretty efficient. Like yeah. it probably took three hours or so, which okay. is pretty good in the sitcom world. But I can't imagine doing a crappy sitcom where right. you're just like they're trying to figure things out and right. people are fighting on set like but I, I can't imagine. And then you're the guy who has to like, okay, we're going to take a little break. Sorry right. about, you know. Yeah, so or if they <laughs> blow a line or if they have to do a scene over. Right. And then you're in the middle of it. And it's like, and then you're in, you're just about to get to your punchline and the bell rings and that means you have to stop immediately because they're going to film the scene. Right. And there goes that joke. Right. So, Nobody cares right. about you. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's um, So, um, so yeah, so George, George Carlin you were opening for in – did you start with – how did that – 1988, the uh-huh. agent that the agent that I mentioned before, who was getting me opening act work all the time, um, says, calls me one day, goes, "Hey, you want to open for George Carlin for three months?" And I go, "Let me get back to you." Yes, I do immediately. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Was that your? That was it. Was that an idol for you? Oh growing yeah. Up? yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny. It's, my idols growing up, since I was a musician, were mostly uh, music guys. But mm-hmm. you know, I, lo- I but the comics I loved, I loved, and he was one of them. Okay. And so I'm pacing. It was the Orpheum Theater in Omaha, and it's like I'm pacing downstairs, going, "I hope he's not an idiot." You know, as we right. know, some of the celebrities you meet are like real jerks. Right. And we go, "I hope he's a good guy." So I hear the door open upstairs. Dennis, are you down there? I'm going. That's George. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. And he comes down. He grabs like half of my fruit play, mm-hmm. my fruit plate, and he goes, "I'm taking all these grapes." I'm, I'm George. How you doing? Hi, George. And we just start. He just says BSing around with me, and mm-hmm. and he says, "Okay, don't mess up. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I, can you curse on this thing? Right. Can oh you, yeah. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. He says, "Don't fuck up. I'm gonna be watching you." <laughs> he goes, okay. I said, oh, "Okay, that went fairly well. That was good." Yeah. And it totally put me at ease immediately. Right. And then I did the show. Thank God it went well. And he and. Uh, he said, okay, this is going to be fun. Oh. And then, and then three, after three months, he said, want to just stay? Wow. Went, yeah, that will work out. So <laughs> 20 years later, wow. I was, till, till the day he died, I was, I, was his, I was his exclusive opener for 18 years. And then I guess one of his specials got a little too dark and some of his audience was dwindling. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go with Live Nation. Oh. And they said, okay, but you got to use some of our openers to open for you. So he get, he kept me on the Vegas gigs for the last right. two years. But uh, but uh, I wasn't the exclusive one. But still, 18 years exclusively, two years semi-exclusively. Right. Cool. Nice gig. Yeah. Would you go to his HBO tapings? Yeah, and... I would open for those. Oh, you would? Okay. Yeah. And they actually had, they did video of it. So I actually have videos of me like at the Beacon Theater. Over here, oh, wow. Walking out of the Beacon Theater. Wow. So that was great. Yeah, but, some of those. Uh, places. What 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 were the places in? Were the Caesar's Palace all that stuff? Uh, I think he. I think he did most of the Beacon. What was it? The Felt Forum. I think what used to be Madison, part of Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. But I think most of the ones he did were at the Beacon. Okay. Yeah. And of course they were. It was going, they were going live, so oh, they yeah. told to be off <laughs> immediately. And you know you have these little things. What if I just don't get off and just. <laughs> bleed into the beginning of George's special, but right. I didn't do that. Yeah, but you crossed your mind going. That those those were live specials. Yeah, back? we did them live. Oh wow. Yep. So t- whatever, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Be off by yeah nine nine fifty nine. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, and that that's uh, you got to really figure out your set, huh? <laughs> you really do, and you have to have a good watch. Because yeah. you don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't even think they have a, a clock on stage. It was oh like, oh my God, I had to rely on my watch. Right. 
to not mess up Joe's spe- Joe Joe Georgia's special. Did you have one of those bits where you're like, and I looked him out, you know? Do you have a, no, like, I don't a have thing? a watch bit. You don't have a watch. <laughs> I don't bit? have the Woody Allen. You know, it's my yeah. my my father, my grandfather on his deathbed sold me this watch. I don't <laughs> right. have that bit. Every comedian needs a watch bit. Well, nowadays you, really you, got, you got a cell phone, so you can just that's have true. A cell phone bit. That's true. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, so that's so. Um, where was uh, what? I, how did how did George pass away? He had a conget, congestive heart failure. Okay, and you know I, I don't I don't know if you're familiar with his history, but he had his first heart attack when he was 37. Oh my god! Apparently, it ran in his family. Plus, right. you know the drugs didn't help in yeah. those days. Uh, I think he had his first heart attack in Dodger Stadium or something like that. And then wow. he had like two more after that. Uh, this was before I hooked up with him. So mm. when I hooked up with him in 88, he was like on a strict like vegetarian, no alcohol, no drugs. Okay. And he was like full of energy. He was mm-hmm. great. I mean, I, I, I was, he was like 20 years older than me. I'm going, I wish I could have had his energy, you know? Right. Uh, but just the last two years of before he died, he just started slowing down and getting kind of grouchy uh. and snapping at people, which was not like George at all. Mm-hmm. Uh and we're going, what's wrong with George? What's going on? And we found out, you know, a few months later that he was not only suffering from his arteries were calcifying, according to his daughter. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had an addiction to uh, Vicodin oh, that geez. we didn't know about for years. Right. So that was happening. Yeah. So was, he wasn't himself in the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised when he when the, I got the call that he died. But still, you're like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, because yeah. he was still performing still working how old was he he was uh, 71 71 wow yeah. somebody told me a funny story about uh i met, I met gallagher i was working at the laugh factory in vegas yeah gallagher was open doing like the early show there yeah. and his nephew came out or a cousin or something and he said how you know i used to be the sort of the well, stage manager for his uncle and for gallagher and he said how one time gallagher and george carlin were he said it was such a surreal experience watching Gallagher work on like a prop, and then George Carlin has like this huge legal pad where he's just writing out bits. Right. And the two of them, you know, he Gallagher is a staunch conservative or what? Right. I don't know what he is now. Yeah. <laughs> and then George Carlin, and the two of them debating, and he's just oh really? A, what a surreal like wow. experience. This was back. This was in the green room debating. Uh, this was like I mean, this was obviously uh, he was telling me. Oh, he told before? me this. Yeah, this was years before. Oh, okay. Years before when when they were both sort or when Gallagher was sort of at his peak, but okay. they were both kind of and then they were debating. And he just said, "Was just what a cool yeah. <laughs> experience and wow. an odd experience." Did you get to have a lot of those moments with George of just talking about life and and sort of his philosophy and that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, uh, he, he. It's funny. Uh, George was such a hermit, which was great because of what happened with but the other people I opened for. You know, if you get too close to celebrities, something goes wrong mm-hmm. invariably. So luckily, George would like, we would travel to gigs, uh, sometimes in a rental car. Oh, wow. And then we'd have great times backstage and, and we'd just be totally dopey in the car. It, was, it right. wasn't a lot of like real life stuff. We were just making each other laugh. You know? Right. But then uh, when you get back to the hotel, you don't see him. You know, at Vegas, we do three weeks at a time. You don't see him going, great. I love the guy, but great, because nothing can go wrong. Uh, the only thing, the only real-life conversation we really had was one 45-minute trip. It was me and George in the rental car, and I asked him about how he made the transformation Oh yeah, from, from the, the straight guy to the hippy-dippy guy. Right. And he told me the whole story about the Copacabana, where he just couldn't take it anymore, and he uh-huh. was starting to grow his hair out. Right. And he was lying underneath. He says, I'm lying underneath the piano, and I can't take it anymore. 
and I'm just lying at the end of my show, and it's like my last night at the Copacabana, lying under the piano, and I'm just saying, just fire me, please, just fire me. <laughs> and he said the spotlight just kept fading and fading to, a, to like a pin spot. Right. And that was it. And from that night on, he just decided to go in that new direction. Wow. And it was just fascinating to hear him tell the story. Right. Did yeah. he? He must have lost a lot of bookings. I'm and, sure. Yeah. 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 I think I heard a story is in Lake Geneva in Wisconsin, and he something similar happened there where he decided to just I'm going to do this new material for right. this audience, and it's like one of the Playboy clubs, and yeah, just would bomb. Yeah. I guess and it, totally bomb. Right. That's so crazy just to go. I mean, Richard Pryor did that. Yeah. Like. Just did you ever run into Richard Pryor? Just that uh, we went to the uh, George was taken to the comedy awards when they were televised. Oh, yeah. and I remember sitting like a, a table away from Richard Pryor, but he was just you could tell he was like declining, right? And I didn't talk to him or anything, but I just kind of like, wow, that's 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 Richard Pryor, right? <laughs> I know these two icons, yeah. And uh, but yeah, um, what was I saying about uh, George Carl? Oh yeah, to make the transformation for right. to that. Yeah. Uh, um, I, you know, and he was also uh, the other thing that happened in Wisconsin was he said the seven words you right. can't say on TV. Was that in, at the, the that fest, was in Milwaukee Fest? At the Summerfest. Yeah. Summerfest, yeah. Did you ever perform it? I did. I did the comedy stage. Have you done it? You must have done oh, yeah. it many times. That was like, uh, yeah, opening. I, right. Who did I? Oh, I opened for Lewis Black there. And then, oh, cool. Then they used to have the afternoon shows, which were brutal. That's what I did. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. open for Dolly Parton once on the main stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, no, I did mostly the comedy stage yeah. every year. Those are fun. I like, um, what do they call those? Amphitheaters. Do you like the out, sort of outdoor amphitheaters? Uh, it or depends. Not? I mean, like if it's during the day, it's a little tough because right. the, the audience can't focus. Right. Like have you ever done Humphreys in San Diego? Mm-mm. So they'd have two shows. I'd open for Carlin there. One would be at like 7 o'clock in the summer, so it's still light out. Right. And they hardly know someone's on stage, you know. Uh, but then like the second show is at 9.30 and it's dark and it's, it's like night and day. The right. Yeah. Did, so I don't mind them if it's dark. Right. Did you do, did you ever do Santa Barbara Bowl or Hollywood Bowl? No. No. None of those. I, did you do those? No, I've never done that. No, I've not done that. I have a joke in my act about like I'm doing my one man show. It's every Tuesday at the Hollywood Bowl. Last week, Tuesday was the first week. 13 people showed up. I lost a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's great yeah it's uh <laughs> but yeah that i always just think those men i think like i just think those outdoor amphitheaters are cool i've, I've done like some like at parks it's or not whatever ideal yeah yeah but i did some i just sort of think it's cool just that open air venue but yeah, yeah. I, I would i don't know if i'd want to do like uh i think they did the funnier die tour you know i, I just the idea of ten thousand people doesn't appeal to it's me. It's amazing, yeah. And Rodney did it once. Rodney did fifteen thousand people in some racetrack. I don't know where it was, mm-hmm. and they had the brilliant idea of putting him in the middle. And of course, it's a racetrack; it's circular. <laughs> so there's us, there's Rodney, and then there's a racetrack. So the closest person is like what a hundred yards away, right? So that very intimate, yeah. and uh, it didn't go well, particularly no. well. And people were like, and and they set up microphones to, for them to ask questions of Rodney. <laughs> And they told him to keep it clean, so he kept it clean. Uh-huh. And these people were asking uh, questions like, you know, they're like jokes, you know, like, hey, Eddie, you have, you have, you have a fuck a hooker on the, uh, you know, there's <laughs> kids in the audience. And then Roddy's going, great, they told me to keep it clean, and now these people are t- 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 saying fuck, great, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's hit or miss with those outdoor things. Right. Yeah. So now you're, um, I, I sort of read a little bit about you, you've been able now to kind of get back to music, right? To- yeah. Well, it's funny how things happen. So now I'm doing both. So okay. I'm doing the comedy still, mm-hmm. but um, 
I just I never stopped writing songs, never stopped performing. Well, I stopped performing musically when I was doing comedy. Right. But now, it's since you know, the, I'm not working as much as I used to, which is fine with me. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm starting to do like I have a steady steady gig in Vegas at the Tuscany with a band. Oh wow! Yeah, and I'm I'm doing some original songs with my band uh, in about two weeks. Is it a band like bass? Guitar, drums. Yeah, or, I actually play uh, bass and guitar in this okay. band, depending on the song. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm doing that, and um, and then I fill in on guitar or bass sometimes. So people are starting. <laughs> when I first started doing it in Vegas, they're going. I'd be up on stage playing bass or, and, and playing playing bass and singing in a real song, and people are going, "Isn't that the comic? Isn't that, isn't he a comedian? What's he doing up there?" Right. And, yeah, so I'm like confusing everybody I knew. Going, what, <laughs> what is this? You're playing bass now? Yeah, I never, I never stopped. You're reinventing yourself. That's just, what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just like keeping busy. So now I got comedy and then and music. So now I'm, I'm like this year I'm busier than I was before. So it's kind of cool. That's one thing I wanted to ask you because you helped write Rap and Rodney. Yes. Oh my God! Yeah. Which I just love that. Oh, that's good. a thing. Well, um, I took his jokes and I put them in rhyme form. You know? And how hard was it to convince him to do rap and Rodney? I think it, I think he realized <laughs> it, it would be a kind of a big hit, so he uh, went along with it. You know, it okay. was like, okay, you want to do this? You know, well, he wasn't like really pissed about it. He didn't get it, right? But um, yeah, but he was okay. With he it. knew it would appeal to a certain market, and yeah. he could get you yeah. know take yeah. advantage yeah. of the whatever the right. the times exactly. Um, and so you just took his jokes and sort yeah. of wrote it into yeah. the, a rap. The guys, uh, I forget if the guys who wrote the music came up with the music first, but I, I, I think they might have had the chorus already. Rapping Rodney, ain't, right. ain't rap too tight. I think they came up with the chorus. So I did, I did all the verses with his, 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 his trying to get them into a rhyme scheme. Okay, his jokes. So that worked out well. Can I hear one or two? Uh, one or two? Yeah, or one. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm getting old. I could go in a minute. No, no respect. No respect. I got a kidney shaped shaped pool with a with a stone floating in it. No respect. So yeah, so those that was the rhyme that was the rhyme scheme I came oh, up wow. with. So we just kept pairing those up. So if it needed if a joke ended with a punchline, I would come up with a line before it that would rhyme with it. Okay. So it wasn't too hard. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. And then you also wrote the theme to Easy Money, right? Didn't you write that? No, that was Billy Joel. Oh, it was Billy Joel. One of my things that I tell people says, listen, if I had not been born, Billy Joel would have never written the song Easy Money <laughs> because cause Rodney was a fan and Billy was a fan of Rodney. Okay. And he wanted to do the theme song. And I came, I kind of came up with the title. Okay. It was first called Easy Come, Easy Go, but then they became Easy Money. Right. And then he wrote the song for that. Okay. So... And did you meet, uh, so the guy who books, uh, well, I probably shouldn't say he books this because then every comedian's going to be hitting him. But, Don't but, say that, yeah, please. The guy who doesn't book. <laughs> see the I guy do. who's familiar with. <laughs> but Harry Harry Basil, yeah. Or, yeah, Harry, 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 ba- yeah Harry, Harry was with Rodney for like 20 years. Yeah, Harry uh, not only wrote and directed. A lot um, of his, his movies. Movies, yeah. That. Not back to school, but I think stuff starting after that, I think. Right. That. Right. Yeah, so um, did you did you run into Harry along the way, or was that you were yes. kind of? Well, yeah, yeah it's funny, because Harry was the guy who lasted with Rodney. I mean, Rodney, Rodney went through opening acts. You know, It's a long story, but he would like get pissed off at some point right. for something stupid, and then like fire you. <laughs> that's right. what happened with me. That's what happened with everybody. Harry called him on it. Oh, okay. And uh, he, he, he was pulling some sort of shit with Harry, and Harry stopped the car apparently. He said, you know what? 
you know, you're, you're, you know, you do this with all your opening acts, and you lose friends. And I'm, I'm your friend, and I would not do anything. I forget what he was accusing Harry of doing, but right. Uh, but Harry, but Rodney backed off and said, "You're right, man. You're right. I was out of line." So yeah. he, like, he lasted with Rodney, you know. And once Rodney, after I left Rodney, I was with Joan, or with, no, I was with George Carlin, mm-hmm. and Rodney, out of the blue, called, had a friend of his call and say, "Hey, you want to open for Rodney just for fun for one night? You and Harry." Oh, okay. And. Uh, and I think what Rodney wanted to do is like stir up some trouble with me and Harry. Like I'd be jealous that Harry's working with him now or something. Right. But Harry and I got along great. <laughs> and I think it kind of pissed Rodney off. Right. I, I thought you guys were going to fight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. Why would I fight? I'm, I'm working with George. I'm happy. You know, Harry's happy. He's doing what he's doing. Right. So it was, he had the two of us open for him and it, and it went well, you know. But uh, on the plane ride, Harry and I are joking around. and we're just, I thought right. you two would fight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's such a nice guy, Harry. Yeah. I met Harry. Where was uh, the? I think when the Riviera moved, they moved the comedy club over to the Stardust. Was it or what was the one next door to? They're I'm all trying to remember. I don't know. I didn't follow that. It, I, yeah, the Riv. You mean the Improv or the Riviera Comedy Club? It was. the Riviera Comedy Club right. moved to. I think it was the Stardust. Oh, it was. It maybe. was whatever casino became like the Dollar Dollar Hot Dogs Dollar Beer, <laughs> and it was like a NASCAR casino. Maybe the Frontier. No, it wasn't the Frontier. I I think it was the Stardust. Anyways, Maybe. we we would perform in this big venue where like the Four Tops would perform okay. or whoever, and we did our show, and it was just you know twenty five people <laughs> in this gigantic <laughs> two thousand seat That's venue. One, wonderful. Oh, just performing in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. I heard the Riviera the Riviera Club kind of was declined pretty rapidly too. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was always cool. My my parents' honeymoon, uh, had their honeymoon there, and they saw Shecky Green, so oh, I just thought it was kind of cool. Who lives in Vegas, who oh, I see every once in a while, he's 92. 92. And he's still sharp as a tack. amazing. comedy keeps you alive. Yeah. If you sort of have a good career, yeah. you just don't get too famous, then you'll exactly. die Perfect. early. Yeah. <laughs> and I have, I have no qualms with that. Yeah. I have yeah. No, there's no, no, no possibility of that. That's good. <laughs> Keep me here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that's that's one thing I've learned is that it, you have to enjoy what you're doing now, not right. what you you think will make you happy yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. Because it's you know, and I guess for you, it's like you experience a lot of those things early on. Yeah, I saw how unhappy. I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, Rodney was not happy. Jo- Joan had her own issues. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it comes a lot. It comes with the baggage, like they always say. You know, right? Uh, Carlin had had you know. Um, uh, repercussions sometimes and he would have to deal with it's like right me i'd go on do my 30 minutes and go back to the hotel and eat yeah <laughs> you know there's a new movie coming out with uh, called the opening act no i didn't know uh, that. uh steve byrne who's a comic okay. from la and he he's it's about being the opening act for like a big oh. name so i have to maybe, check that out yeah that's maybe. the name of it the opening the act. opening act yeah. okay um i don't know you know it could be one of those things that goes to just amazon prime or whatever but that's fine um but Netflix yeah, will buy it. Netflix right. will buy it. Yes. <laughs> they They're buying this. Netflix is buying this. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, this will be on uh, Netflix really soon. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like the very end of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, let's see. I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to, what was the other thing? Oh, so, um, but I, I read in your, the Wikipedia that you've done, you have a couple songs that are 
that got some rotation on country radio. Yeah, we have. Um, I, I do. I go to Nashville now once a year. Okay. And we we just came back about a week ago, and we put down thirteen. Me and my songwriting partner from like grammar school. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and some I do on my own, some I do with him, and we took thirteen of those and we put them, we mm-hmm. recorded them at this studio called Beard Studios, and they just get these amazing musicians, and they they have this number, they have this charting system. And they record your songs, and each song is like 30 minutes, and you have a full song, and then they mix it, and they put it out. Then I send it out to these, this, uh, through this compilation service, and we get airplay, and like we have the songs being played in Europe, and in Australia, in New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, some, some in Ohio, some in, in the States. And so we're getting airplay, and it's great. So, wow. You know, and, I got, and I got my stuff on iTunes, so, uh, so it's going there. And I have a jazz album, too. Wow. Yeah, so I just put that out about a year ago. Yeah. So that was another opportunity. So that's uh that's it just sounds like you've had a like a nice career. Yeah. Like you've had Can't you've complain. done it all. Like you Yeah, I mean you you did nice little curve. Started out really small, like zoomed up for about twenty five years. Right. And then like everyone I opened for died. <laughs> and uh, that made me feel real nice. Right. And uh I was uh, kind of settled into a nice little comfortable groove again. Right. Know? And I'm doing both, doing comedy and music. So I'm okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, so let's see, where can uh, people check you out? Uh, let's see. Well, I'm uh, I'm on the Instagram. Oh my goodness! On the Twitter, really? It's I think Twitter's Denny Blair or something. Instagram's but deep. No, Instagram's Denny Blair. Uh, Facebook uh, website is DennisBlair.com. DennisBlair.com. And there's also DennisBlairMusic.com. So okay, and so that's more. where they can get all your songs yeah. and yeah. Uh, all I'm that. I'm gonna stuff. start putting more stuff on there. I've been lax lately, but I'm gonna start being a good boy. Because I'm bad at that stuff. Do you have a studio in Vegas? Do you have a a uh, place that I go to record? Not yeah. really. There's a place that I used to record at that closed. Oh, okay. Uh, so I I really have done all my recording in Nashville because I just love the experience. Yeah. I don't even play on the stuff. They they get these guys and they're these people that play on the records that you hear on the highway or you know the major country stations. Right. They, they're incredible. I just love it. Yeah. And we vacation. We have it like a six day vacation and we go there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Uh, this cool. has been uh, so so good. Do you have any Thanks. advice for uh, comedians in general? Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> in general, <laughs> or show business? How to show handle business, show yes. business? I would say my advice is stay out of show business at all costs. <laughs> Please do not. There's enough of us. Please stay home. Okay. Do you mean comics that are already working? Uh yeah. I guess uh, sort of. Yeah, what would you give? I don't think they'd have an advice that they take from me. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I think they're doing all the right things. Just going. I mean, it's amazing. I love that show, Crashing. Oh yeah, Pete yeah. Holmes. Pete Holmes. I'm just amazed to see what the scenes become. You know, it's like wow. Like, yeah. And, and just you know, I went to the cellar in New York. I didn't perform there. I do the one in Vegas. But um, just to see how dedicated all these people are, truly, you know, so many comics and they're they're all so good. So yeah, just keep doing it. Yeah, it is definitely. Uh, yeah. There's just so many I mean, people. You guys doing, are doing great shows. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been. Uh, yeah, the shows here are, are fun. Yeah. If, if not, uh, we have all the super. What do they call classic car show people? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you so much, Dennis. Sure thing. For Thanks for having me on here, joining us, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Remember, check out, uh, check us out on iTunes. Leave us a nice review. We'd always appreciate that. Uh, and uh, thank you guys so much. <laughs>